Welcome Pathfinders to Find the Path Podcast Actual Play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. One ninety nine. time for a vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> episode 199 on the cusp of 200, the penultimate episode to 200, if you will. We are so close. Ooh. So close. The big 200. <sighs> have to do something uh, extraordinarily special for it, like a all baby crocodile game. What? <laughs> no. Wait, what? Side story. <laughs> That'd be so cute. We'll see what happens. We go back in time and we get to be some of the people. Oh, because to... this room turns you into crocodiles. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, Rick's not talking about oh. us making new characters. Rick's saying you all will be stuck as baby I crocodiles. I thought it was going to be a fun, like, dream, like Narmer's dream that oh, we all no. play in. No. <laughs> no, but that's going to be the hilarious thing because Narmer's immune to polymorph. So it's just Narmer carrying four baby crocodiles <laughs> trying to find someone to turn them back to normal. <laughs> we keep fighting with Rocky. Um, um, um. <laughs> How many of us remember who we are? Who knows? It's a twin toss, really. How could your will save? Heather and Jessica furiously looking at what spells can be cast without verbal or somatic components. Yes. <laughs> Why are we druids? <laughs> there is not a lot. <laughs> Why are we druids? <laughs> well, we would have natural spell potentially, and then we could spell cast while we were animals. That's fair. But we don't. Uh, but no, like I suppose that's jumping ahead a little bit. So I suppose jumping back into the story, the doorkeepers are continuing their exploration of the Crypt of Water, wherein they had run into the undead elven banshee Nyla, who had uh, subsequently killed Hollis before being destroyed herself by a slew wild. of uh, positive pulsing sneak attacks. However, you'd uh, return back, you'd return Hollis back to life through, uh, judging from the responses to it, seems to have been a very complicated manner by using a temporary resurrection to get past the issue with Raised Dead, that Raised Dead does not allow you to cast it on a creature killed by death effect, to then subsequently cast Raised Dead because temporary resurrection specifies that raised dead will bring someone back from temporary resurrection uh, before as I believe uh, Ross mentioned to us recently someone just dispelled magic Hollis and killed her again since <laughs> temporary yep. resurrection can be dispelled there's something yeah, really yeah, funny about that's it that's a thing too just to make temporary <laughs> resurrection even weirder of a spell at really which point, funny. I suppose by the transitive properties of magic, it would have defaulted back to Hollis having been originally killed by a death effect, at which point you would have needed a actual resurrection or uh, true resurrection. You'd uh, gone to Sothis, stocked up on supplies, teleported back in, and spent a little time playing with the world's largest action figure, which was down. <laughs> and uh, still, we got passages. no payoff for that, too. Yeah, we had a helmet. Oh, no, we didn't. We just played No, no, we already had the helmet. We you got, got the, I think, the gem out of its mouth. Yeah. 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 You yeah. got a cool sapphire Which we still it. don't know what it does, but it feels weird that this, like, action figure statue still doesn't, like, trigger a secret door or come to life and kill us or anything. We don't know yet. It still might. It's true. You then made your way uh, up a short distance, had reached the two paths of which you'd been informed. Uh, one would take you to the Hall of the Crocodile Kings, and the other one would take you to the Twin Portals. You had decided to go to the Hall of Crocodile Kings, since you're like, we've got a crocodile helmet. This seems like it might be somehow related. Had sure. uh, gimmicked your way through uh, please some uh, iron bars, since you couldn't make the escape artist check to get through. And so you say in. gimmick, I say genius move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was yeah. smart to get in the bag. I did a little bit of math, actually, in the post on that, because while we were going, I was just like, okay, you know, 70 square feet, that's like, or 75 square feet, that's plenty of room for two people to jump in. And technically speaking, it is, although like Sudi and Citra were getting kind of close in there because I believe that's a three foot by three foot by seven foot high area. Oh. So basically, you're just kind of squeezing into a closet together to climb inside of this bag and then pop back out on the other side. It's OK. We're all friends here. I mean, three foot by three foot is still quite a bit of room. It's a decent amount of room, like, but it is a comfortable amount of room to, uh, it's, to spend It's like any a tiny elevator. Time. 
in we're like, like one yeah, of those we're old like school squeezing from a game mechanics term okay like yeah. yeah you're closer to three feet next to your friends if you guys sit together on a couch it's not like mm-hmm. it's a weird you know it's not that close <laughs> i don't know the idea of being like in a three foot by three foot area makes me a lot of little claustrophobic but i do have a very mild case of claustrophobia so <laughs> you admitting uh, his weaknesses i know you'd then made your way into the Hall of Crocodile Kings, had uh, gone around, spoken to a couple of statues, found out that uh, all of the tiny bones scattered about this place were apparently the polymorphed uh, crocodilian forms of the previous workers of this place. Mm. Uh, after inferring uh, what you could as far as uh, you have a crocodile helmet, there are two statues that have crocodile heads on there, and you were asked to quote unquote, he who would dare walk the path of water must boldly crown the rightful crocodile king. And then we were like, neither of these are kings. Yeah, yep. we we did not think that either of them qualified. I believe uh, Masika had gotten to the point where she just gone. I guess I'll do a vision. Mm, um, yep. But her caused, vision uh, was interrupted by another vision. By another vision. Visions on vision. Yo dog, I heard you like visions. <laughs> and uh, and we get a vision before the other vision while we vision. <laughs> Why don't you all envision it? Dude. <laughs> 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 Getting very Dr. Susie in here. So, Sudi, as you turn, as you turn back around to face the rest of your compatriots, you find that the, the chamber you were in previously, as described, the uh, a grand chamber, its ceiling painted with the scenes from the banks of the River Sphinx, a trio of pools filled with crystal clear water a few feet deep running along the center of the hall, painted with crocodile hieroglyphs on the floor between, and four alcoves with simple floor paintings of river herons as well as heron-headed statues that had stood uh, on either side facing one another and the twin crocodilian-headed humanoids on their thrones up on the dais where you stand. Instead, when you turn back, that is gone. In its place is a large chamber, spacious four pillars holding up the ceilings overhead. From where you are to the opposite side, probably some 50 feet across, with a wide archway leading onto a large balcony overlooking a beautiful nighttime cityscape, that of the city of Sothis. Not the Sothis that is, but Sothis that was. Gossamer curtains billow softly and a barely felt breeze that carries with it the scent of the river and distant smoke. Not camp smoke, but the smoke of the, the collective city, the soft smell of dinner wafting on the breeze. The central area here is a large depression, square with one of the pillars on each one of the four corners of it, filled with comfortable-looking pillows, a simple seating arrangement, and a number of people. As you watch, as you look this over, you can immediately identify the tall, regal figure of Hakatep. His crown has been removed, and he stands in a simple linen skirt leaning down over something that you can't see in this depression. Across from him, also just wearing a simple linen skirt with a kopesh at his side, is his brother. Sitting nearby appears to be his brother's wife and maybe young child, a boy probably no more than four or five. Two young men stand off towards the side, far enough away from the torchlight that they're half cast in shadows. Both of them look near identical, chiseled jaw, clean shaven, and what almost feels to be an obscene amount of coal 
Each of them wear sashes and belts made of what looks to be crocodile or alligator leather and watch what's going on curiously. Nearby is the familiar figure of Nahamra, standing close enough to speak, but seeming to be at maximum distance for politeness, near a dark woman with a long mane of black hair in a very non-traditionally Osirian style, with dark eyes that you believe you'd heard crazy eyes referred to before. <laughs> In reference to Hakatep's wife, Neferuset, a tiny waifish woman who watches the two figures, the two brothers, with interest. As I imagine you step closer to get a closer look. Most likely with uh, Masika and Citra kind of taking, since they're closer, taking a half step forward to catch Sudi before he drops effortlessly down off of the platform and steps mm. forward just to the point where the, the claws on his left foot just dangle over the edge of the pool that Masika was searching. Looking down, as you step around, you see the object that Hakatep was blocking previously. A finely crafted wooden cradle. As you look inside, you can see the small form of a child. A baby, honestly. Probably only a few months old. Looking up with interest, Atet takes a knee next to the cradle, extends one finger of which the child seems to almost instinctively grab with all the force that small children can manage. A surprising amount. A surprising amount of force for many children. I think he has father's eyes. Hakatep nods. I feel like that's a good thing. <laughs> Baby with crazy eyes. <laughs> just comes out of the womb just looking absolutely mad and terrifying. The small child laughs, reaches up, seems to attempt to grab onto uh, Hakatep's pharaonic beard as he just retreats his face enough so that the child can't quite reach. For a moment in a disturbing quality, considering the, the light that you have seen this man in on numerous occasions, you see his face split into a genuine smile as he laughs down and gently tickles the stomach of the small child, which kicks his feet in protest. Is this Rick deciding that we need to like Hakatep some more? No, I think it's just Hakatep wasn't always, it wasn't a hundred percent just 99.9. No one's a monster a hundred percent of the time. Atet. <laughs> <laughs> looks back over towards his brother. Have you settled on a name? Hakatep nods. We've decided to go with Hakmothis. Mm. It's a strong name, his brother says, standing up to his feet. Hakatep continues to play with the small child. As you notice his brother staring out the open archway into the city beyond. My pharaoh, he says as he turns back. Hakatep, seemingly sensing the, the change in tone, stands to his feet, straightens his back. Atet looks back towards his brother. I wanted to speak with you about these projects of yours. I'm not certain if this is the best time, but it is very hard to get you in your throne room when you're not otherwise occupied with your family or your pet projects. Hakatep holds up a hand. The projects I undertake, brother, are for the safety of our nation. They're no mere vanity projects, as our father would do. The older brother looks him over. <sighs> You've sent countless numbers of our soldiers to the south. I've almost left the river defenseless. I hear reports of raids and river pirates from many of the merchants making their way to a peck. My wife and her family grow concerned about the... Hakatep shakes his head. 
Mm-mm. about the interruption to the amount of money that they're making. No matter how many gold pieces that these people have, it will not matter if the Shori destroy our southern borders and raid our lands. You may not agree with the people that I'm working with. The other man shakes his head. Chisisek is a madman and has bankrupted <laughs> our entire country with his insane wrong. ideas and exorbitant projects. Hakatep turns back. Chisisek has vision, brother. Vision that you sorely lack. Got a vision to murder you. <laughs> if you want to be more engaged, then you can join me. We've broken ground on the Kepsutanum, a project that will ensure the safety of Osirian. Hmm. Atet opens his mouth to respond before, Sudi, you hear this horn pierce the night. This is replaced a couple of seconds later by a second and third and numerous others as everyone in the room stiffens. A moment later, the door opens into the chamber and an armored dwarven man whose likeness you have seen previously. One of the Akumen statues that you had seen previously bursts into the room. Bows. My god king, invaders have broken through our defenses on the southern perimeter of the palace. Dang. Whoa. You are safe here, but should remain. We will deal with them. Akatep nods. Take the others. Deal with it quickly. He turns and makes his way out. Neferuset strides her way forward, staring intently after at the door. And who would dare attack us? Akatep holds up a hand. What do you have to say, brother? He turns back to where Itef stands, now with Kopesh in hand. Uh-huh. Yep. The older brother pauses, having already taken two steps towards his brother's back. Mm. You knew then. Hakatep sighs, glances over to where the twins have already begun to circle. Itef's wife, seemingly surprised by this turn of events, stands, half stumbles her way, cradling the infant child that she brought with her to this family get-together as she moves further away from being between the two brothers. Yikes. Probably wise. Nahamra looks between the two sides where Hakatep stands with his wife before he steps forward and stands beside Hakatep. Mm. Uh, we knew that he was playing both sides. double. Yeah. Yep. Of course, Nahamra. Atet hisses through his teeth. Did you expect anything different? Nahamra in an almost comedic manner, just shrugs his shoulders and spreads his hands. I love him. All of these people are terrible. Yeah. Atet looks towards him, looks back towards Hakatep. He agrees with me, you know, brother. I had ruled our nation in your absence. I've seen your obsession with these monolithic constructions and you're financially bankrupting our country. Yep. Your wife is a madwoman. You are power crazed and you'll lead our country into ruin. Hakatep looks towards Nahamra. I've made no secret my disdain for your wife. <laughs> God, I love him. <laughs> the woman eyes him around Hakatep's shoulder. <laughs> She's giving him that, that, that evil eye right there. She's However, like, uh. you are my God King and I serve loyally. That's also a lie, but <laughs> I mean, okay. you know. Asterisks on that. Hakatep nods. Then I suppose that's it, brother. As he says this, he gently kicks off the ground as he soars up into the air. Distantly, through the open archway, you can see 
almost instantly, this beginning swirling storm cloud overhead, accompanied with a somewhat familiar aurora mm. of what like seems to be cold fire rolling through the sky. There's oh. a thunderous retort as Hakatep looks down. I invited you here, brother, in hopes that Nahamur was wrong. I came unarmed because I do not need weapons to kill you. Spicy. Atet nods, drags his left hand along the side of his sword, seemingly in a motion of preparation, although for Sudi, you can immediately see that the sword darkens as if some dark material or fluid has been rubbed across the edge of the blade. Uh, Poison. Poisoner. Everyone moves at once. There's an explosion of motion from each of the two assassins, Timber and Timboss, as they flank out left and right, dropping down into a crouch and moving with shocking speed and grace as their hands dart behind them and they pull daggers from their back. Etet immediately reaches up, grabs his holy symbol of Set, and begins to call upon its divine power as Hakatep soars up and seems to hesitate, just long enough for his wife to rush forward, scoop up the cradle and child as she extends a hand and seems to call upon just some form of power. Etet rushing forward seems to rebound off of some form of shell of energy that surrounds her and repels his very essence knocking him backwards as it shields her in a dome. Nahamra steps back into the shadows and seems to almost flicker before fading either out of existence or temporarily so as one of the twins rushes through his body before Hakatep extends a hand and a chain of lightning rips through the chamber. (laughs) One of the two assassins throws up a hand. You can't tell if it's Timber or Timboss at this point as Hakatep's magic seems to flicker for a moment as he drops down to ground level with the rest as his brother turns and slices clear across his side where you had seen the black scar previously as the blade Mm -hmm. scores into the side of him. Everything is lost in a blur of motion for a couple of moments, maybe a good 30 seconds or so, as Nahamur reaches out a hand, grabs one of the two assassins, and it's almost like his life essence is snuffed out to the point that he holds onto life with a bare thread. Yeah. Yep. Uh, before Hakatep turns and demands for everyone to stop, as you can hear the magical weight of the word, as both of the two other assassins freeze in their tracks before turning his attention back to his brother. The two fight for a long moment, as you can see blasts of energy, Hakatep chaining electricity, blasting out a hand of some sort of freezing ray, even something that seems to be a scintillizing ray of colors, as you've seen previously and experienced from Hakatep's spirit possessing the priestess Serethet. Eventually, though, as his brother strides forward, he extends, points a finger, and a green ray shoots out and disintegrates straight through his holy symbol before turning back towards the priest as he stumbles grass at the dust before looking back towards his brother. You will ruin us. Hakatep lands. There's a sudden silence that falls over as Nahamra steps forward. My god, king, it may be more considerate to you banish him for his connection, their connection to the nobility. There is a flash of green as Atet is reduced to ash and dust. Yep. Hakatep lowers his extended hand. I sacrifice everything for these people, and this is how they would... He looks over towards Atet's 
wife and young child. The woman places the child down. Nahamra take the boy. And the others, my god king, discover everyone responsible. Take these two. He nods to the two frozen men. Bury them in my tomb. They may serve me in the afterlife. Nahamra looks them over, considers it for a long moment before nodding. Hakatep turns before stopping. Don't bother killing them or embalming them first. Yes, my god king, your will be done. Hakatep turns, walks around the ashes of his brother, and stares out into the city. His wife scoops up his infant child, makes her way over and places a hand on his shoulder. The child almost morbidly seems to just swipe his hand at the dust gently floating in the air. They do not have your foresight, my god king. They are not wise enough to see the path that you are laying before them. The man looks down towards his wife. How much more will I have to sacrifice? She looks at him, the city, almost purposefully not towards the child before looking back. In truth, my love, likely everything. There is an echoing sound of thunder that rolls over the city, and the vision fades. <sighs> okay, so Sudi will relay all of this awfulness. Well, they're crazy. Like, a lot crazy. And we know from uh, Jeshura that she made the cure for the poison that was used on the blade. Well, she also made the poison. I mean, she also made the poison, you're right. <laughs> but, uh, hmm. But it seems like the twins were buried alive. Well, I kind of motioned toward, yeah. So, all that to say, yes, Hakatep does seem to want to bury his enemies here. Um, so the Timber and Timboss here are were, were two assassins. Okay, they were buried down here alive, which means they're going to come back as some sort of undead, because that's what people do when they get buried alive. Or so, they were one of these baby crocodiles, or they're inside those statues. Either way, if they're ghosts, they can come out and eat us. But they're not elves, so we're probably fine. And they're not women. But we did get to see something important in that, though. Some of Hakatep's powers and Uh abilities. So we at least know some of the things to expect. Hollis makes you list them all in great detail and, like, writes notes. I was going to say, because Sudi knows to disintegrate, because I think Hollis has done that a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Fly. We've seen plenty of flying. Um, Although... Sounded like a polar ray or something. Uh, no, it, it sounded like the spell that um, Kabak used. Yeah, that sorcerer power. Well, yeah, that, but he like had a, a freezing ray, which sounds like polar ray to me. And then there was, you know, yeah, the big... Prismatic spray was also described yeah. there. Prismatic spray was thing. another one. Uh, whatever enchantment effect that he used. Mass suggestion, possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a power word that does like, tells people to stop or anything I mean, like there's that? power word stun. Yeah. But they I didn't think that single stunned. target. <sighs> well, well, and we got to see his wife has some sort of something. She like it, had uh, a anyone protective that wishes barrier. to make a eh, let's just say spellcraft. Okay. I should have just taken ten, but I didn't. I rolled a seven for a thirty-three. Uh, I roll a thirteen for a thirty-two. Hollis, Masika, you both assume that that's probably something akin to an anti-life shell. Ah, that makes sense. Hmm. So she'll have some battlefield control because she ain't alive anymore. So. She can put up an anti-life shell and keep well, us. Well, and curiously, the the way that she was conjuring her power wasn't clerical. It seemed some other type of power that she wields. I mean, I, I think she was one of them touched by magic types that aren't that dissimilar from 
from how Masika gets magic, I imagine. Although I don't think she has a little animal friend. Hello. At least not that we've seen. Which would knock out her being a witch, so she's, she's probably, probably an, oracle. an oracle. Yeah. I think we knew she was an oracle. We'd suspected. Huh, well. Uh, I don't know if there's much left in this room. Do we want to keep exploring? I mean, I, I don't was going to try to see if we could figure out what the magic was on those statues. Oh, yeah, that was it. Probably that worthwhile to do. Well, because why would they go through the effort of giving us a riddle here about the, you know, which of the kings is the right king if there was no purpose for the helmet? And that there's we have. some residual magic on the crown, and we know the Sekpatera twins are here somewhere. I feel like they would be here. Oh, they're definitely here somewhere. I think that's gonna, because obviously this helmet's supposed to go somewhere, but I don't want to turn into any <laughs> caiman. There's still a few passageways we haven't gone down. That's true. True. Well, there's still that weird room where there was like a sarcophagus under all the ice. Ice that we can't get through. Not without a lot of work, for sure. Let's do vision. Yeah, let's go. All right. I'll cast let's vision. All right. Are you casting vision on the statues? Yeah, and well, the crown, because it too, because they all seem to be connected. The statue of Timber or Timboss? I don't know which one is which. The one on the left. <laughs> Masika's left or. <laughs> Masika's left, obviously. Okay. So the statue of Timboss. Yes, I guess. So what is your question? I want to know how the magic on them works. Okay. How do you work? They're at hand. Uh, so I roll a 15, which gets me a 30. It's DC 20 since the object's at hand. Yep. So you make your way forward. I suppose Sudi extends a hand down and helps you up since the platform is about three feet high and you're like four feet tall. Masika hmm. is four I foot know. 11. She's just <laughs> not, shy of five feet. She's not, not that Not half size, but Sudi can easily help pull you up onto the platform. Hollis, Citra, are you guys doing anything in the meantime? I assume Sudi's standing guard. Yep. We've already looked around this room, so I guess I'll just stand around. Yeah, I'm just kind of asking while you're getting up there and getting ready and everything. Eh. Are you happy with where you're standing? Oh, God, I don't like that at all. Maybe just looking into the pool. <laughs> okay. That's where the bad things are going to come from. <laughs> Hollis sidles up behind Citra, who's like a head shorter than her, nonchalantly. <laughs> Masika, you step forward. Suppose focus. Activate your, uh, is it a spell or power for you? It's a spell. The automatic writing's the power, that's right. Mm -hmm. You hold this helmet in your hand and look up towards the statue. You receive a number of jumbled flashes as you focus on the statue. All of them seem to be related, almost as if the statue and the helmet are two sides of the same object. Most of these seem to imply the importance of this helmet. To some sort of captain, admiral, it's difficult to tell. However, the helmet itself seems to have been maybe a gift. For a moment, you see a vision, a flash of a pharaonic figure. Although you don't think it's no depiction of Hakatep you've seen before, so maybe a predecessor of his. Providing the helmet to a man. A gift, a mark of someone's skill or ability. Then you see the individual wearing it. And then a flash of a number of other people wearing it, fighting on ships, diving deep, so deep beneath the water as if the helmet itself provides them the ability to swim and breathe underwater with extraordinary skill. Oh. Then, for a moment, you see an older figure, a familiar figure. And uh, Nahamra jacked it all. In a I love Nahamra skin, so much. Oh, Placing Nahamra. one hand upon the helmet and extending the other hand up 
as the helmet's magic seems to drain and then refocus as if split between these two statues. What is with him and splitting things? He's really into splitting things. You're aware of the following. Hmm. That Nahama is a jerk? (laughs) We knew that. That this was a perfectly good, like... uh, Really cool magical item, and then he ruined it. Yeah, I forget what the name of the item is, but it's really cool underwater. (laughs) So you're aware, first off, that the item that you're holding in your hands was a helm of underwater action. There it is. Oh, cool. The individual wearing this helmet can see underwater. Like a crocodile. Mm-hmm. There are small lenses in the compartments on either side that you can slide into position over the wearer's eyes to activate the visual properties of the helmet, allowing you to see five times further than water and light conditions would normally allow for human vision. However, weeds and obstructions and so forth still actually block your vision in a normal manner. Uh, if a command word is spoken, the helm of underwater action gives the wearer a 30-foot swim speed and creates a globe of air around the wearer's head and maintains it until the command word is spoken again, enabling her to breathe freely. This can be used an unlimited number of times. Cool. It's just a standard action to activate. But it doesn't yeah, but do it now anymore. it's all jacked up. <laughs> you are also aware that the power has been split and will be restored if the helmet is placed upon one of these statues. Hmm. But. There's a, there's a big old but, right? There has to be a but. Honestly, the only thing that seems to be a confusing butt here is it doesn't matter which statue. That's what? Weird. Is this always true? This yes, this gives me hmm. cur- this gives me information. It's not there's not a lie or anything with it. Oh, but um, pop it on a statue. Why does this feel like a trap, though? Because it is. It definitely feels like a trap. I'm assuming you relay all of this information back to your compatriots as well. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't answer the question about why would they bother splitting this with the helmet. Because Nahamra likes to do things for weird reasons. He really loves to break beautiful things. That's not it, though, is he always has a reason. He was told to do this for a reason. This just tells me what the magic of the helmet and the statue did. I'm assuming it's not going to animate the statue because that would have been part of the magic of the statue. But it's not it a doesn't tell me if that does anything else that isn't related to the magic of the item. That is correct. Your understanding is, is that if you place this on either one of these statues, it will restore the helmet to full power. Citra, did you check them for traps? Maybe they have a trap on their head. Yes, she did. Neither of the statues are trapped. I feel like there's something with the water, but they don't know what exactly. There's, there's no, no magic, magic on the water. No, I'm not saying something magical in the water, but there could be like maybe a passageway or something in the pool. I looked. There isn't any. Oh, that's right. Mm. Should we just pop this on one of these guys' heads? If there's not any traps on them. How tall are these statues? Nine feet. All right, Narmer, pick a statue. I mean, do we want to finish checking all the rooms before we do that? Just in case this summons alligator twins or crocodile twins, it would be probably. I mean, if it does, we're going to have to fight them either way. Also, having an awesome helmet for the rest of this place should be really cool. In case it's drowning. (laughs) We are in a place... Where there's lots of water. Hollis looks at her. Zero swim score. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am flying. I have that going for me. Oh, no, I'm not flying because I died. Yep. <sighs> Walking around that. like a The gift scrub. keeps on giving. Oh, I am going to cast Lester Restoration on myself real quick because that does make me fatigued. Masika sits down, drinks some Pedialyte. Didn't we do the things that were left? No, there's uh, there's another, ro- another room uh, called, uh, what was it? Two portals or something like that? Twin portals? Yeah, the twin cause... portals, and there was also another passage continuing on past this one. You know what there was a portal of in the fireplace? Oh, it'll be the water plane. 
Yeah, do we want to risk? Oh, yeah. We can that drown. might be, yeah, that might be helpful. That's why I'm saying maybe we do the helmet now. So when we accidentally, or if a portal to the plane of water opens up, that still only helps one, one person. person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Masika has rinks and swim, and I cast water breathing. Masika's fine. And I think Sudi has rinks and swim, too. I mean, I think all of you have water breathing because Masika so. cast it on the entire group. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we all have water breathing on. I died. So you'd get the helm. So you I should like get the helm. helm. All right. Well, then I guess let's pop this crown on. But and mostly, we gotta fix the, the magic item. We gotta fix the magic item, y'all. We have. We're to about do to find it. out if we are being overly paranoid adventurers or if we're being perfectly reasonable adventurers. Oh, sorry. I'm sure we're. Do- I'm sure we're being reasonable. It's just yeah. All right, Narmer, pick a twin. <laughs> I mean, we're already right here. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a crocodile by his toe. <laughs> <laughs> I guess pop it on. Let's find out what happens. I'm here for baby alligator Voltron golem. Like that sounds rad. (laughs) (laughs) You just see the scurrying like alligators coming out of the walls and going into their like little mechs. It's just one big mech made of baby alligator skeletons. And I'll form the snout. Normer flies up, takes the helmet. Also, if this does turn you into a crocodile, he's immune to polymorph. That's true. Smart. Places the helmet upon the statue. The helmet itself, again, as previously described, a beautiful kepresh, the traditional Assyrian war crown made of gold and jade and ivory, with the jade crocodile head adorning the crown in the place of the traditional hooded cobra. The helmet glows a brilliant shade of blue, and all of the the wear, the tarnish on the gold, all of that seems to dissipate in an instant as if it is restored back to its full glory. A moment later, a blast of wind tears through this chamber. Yay, wind! There it is. All right. Striking Masika with nearly enough force to almost blow her off the pedestal before I imagine Sudi being much stronger, just kind of shoots out an arm, kind of grabs her real <laughs> Soccer quick. mom arm save, right? <laughs> Citra stumbles back. Paulus plants a hat, hand on her hat as yep. it causes all of you. Mechanically speaking, it is a gust of wind, so it's a strength check if you're moving forward, which none of you are moving forward right now. Hmm to take a half step back from the sudden blast, which is accompanied by a booming voice. Ooh, a voice. Here we go. Is this wisdom? Have you chosen well? Yes. the harvest of your decision as they did. Yep, here we go. The moment this finishes, a number of things happen at once. Uh-oh, it's more, multiple things, y'all. First... The entirety of this room seems to shake. A large crack forms across the face of the statue on all of your right, the statue of Timber, the statue not chosen, as the face cracks open and splits down the center. A couple of seconds later, as the other statue cracks as well, the helmet tumbles free, bouncing twice past Sudi's feet before splashing down into the pool off to Sudi's right. Secondly, probably more notable for Hollis and Citra as this gust of wind tears through here and takes uh, forces you to take a few steps back, Hollis probably bringing her head down and turning to glance back, there's a groaning sound of metal. Ooh. As you look back, the iron pillars on the far side of the room have gone from black to a steadily growing, especially from the base shade of orangish red. Oh no. As you can see these 
distortion, heat distortion coming off as the air seems to roil around them. Okay. Lastly, clouds of yellowish green gas begin to pour forth from the cracked statues, their nostrils, the split down the center, so on, carried on the wind as it rolls forward towards all of you. Sudi holds his breath. I think we should go jump in the water. And I will need initiative from the party. Mm. Great. Great. Oh, Masika was ready. I rolled okay. I rolled good. I rolled all right. All right. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls an 11 for an 18. All right. Sudi Kantar. Sudi rolls a 16 for a 22. All right. Masika of the Beckon. Uh, Masika rolls a 17 for a 19. And Citra Hummer. Uh, Citra rolled a 12 for an 18. So round one of combat against this trap begins. So if I can uh, share this with the party again, uh, Sudi, Masika, you're up on this platform. Citra and Hollis are not. Yep. I believe you should be able to see a big red line across the map now. We do. Indeed. That is the point that the gas has reached. Oh. Well, as fun. it is billowing a few inches away from Citra, which means it has already overtaken Sudi and Masika. So Sudi, I will need you to start by making me a fortitude save. Okay. And the wind is blowing toward us from the It statues. is blowing it towards you, correct. Okay, Sudi rolls a 17, which is a 37. Again, this green gas rolls over you. You stumble back, probably thinking to instinctually take in like a deep breath and hold it before realizing that you'd just be breathing and holding in the magical whatever gas. Yeah. As it rolls over you. Sudi just has that moment. If like this was like a reality show, he'd like look at the camera like, what the heck is this? Um, you have water breathing. <laughs> So the gas is past me. The uh, all the way back at the other end of this, the, um, the bars pillars are hot. are hot. Correct. Mm. The the water here is three feet deep. Yes, the water is three feet deep. Let me go ahead and have the uh, party make me a perception roll. Okay. Can Narmer make a perception roll? Uh, sure. He's intelligent enough to explain things. I made a six for a twenty-one. Uh, I rolled a 9 for a 34. Uh, Masika rolls a 9 for a 16. Uh, Citra rolled a 13 for a 32. And Narmer rolls a 15, which gets him a 33. Okay. So I'll go ahead and give it to the entire group to, to pull back the veil here a little bit. So you can tell that the gas is filling out. The gas is continuing to flow, uh, which means that it is going to be continue to be blown forward by this the wind that is going through this chamber. So mechanically, that means about, uh, you know, for all of you, you can tell that it's going about five feet every second, which means that it will move 30 feet further into the room and also continue to fill the front portion of the room every six seconds, so every round. So in essence, you have four rounds before the entirety of this room is just filled with gas. So we all need to jump into that pool, shove the crown on uh, <laughs> Hollis's head and see if we can just wait it out. Yeah, I don't hate it. I'll give mm. it because you've all brought it up a couple of times. You can tell that the gas is not penetrating the surface of the water. Okay. I think uh, that's why the pools are in here. It should. Well, there's also, <laughs> if that crown puts an air bubble around you, does that protect you from gas? Could we send Citra with that to go disable the gas spewing mechanism? Actually, but, yeah, I don't know if that only works underwater. Well, I can hold my breath for a little while. You just have to be fast. <laughs> and not all traps can be disabled once they're triggered. Yeah, we don't yeah, know. Also this. Yeah. But you could just stopper it up, maybe. Um, okay, so anyway, Sudi is going to uh, 
splash into the water and like uh, you know do my my best impersonation of being in a sarcophagus, you know, cross his arms and just lay back and try to like make himself basically put himself under the water. He can hold his breath for 21 hours, so Jesus. You have water breathing. You also I also don't have, have water to. breathing, but I'm going to hold my breath anyway in case this penetrates the water. We, he just said it doesn't. Sudi wants to use his ability. This is an immediate like reaction. <laughs> Sudi's using his best judgment, which is to hold his breath forever. All right. So, Mechanically speaking, Sudi, you leap over the side of this, drop down, so that's basically about 10 feet of movement. You know, nearly slip on the helmet, which has landed like right next to you. Uh, you can drop prone as a free action. Okay, you still have a standard action remaining. Can I grab the uh, the helmet and hold it up so somebody else can grab it? I mean, it's move action to retrieve the helmet. You can kind of stick it up out of the water if you so wish. Just Although, again, underwater, just like blub, 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 holding up the, the crown for somebody else. The question now is, are you fully putting it out of the water? No. You do not know if you need to breathe in this gas or just have contact with it. I'm going to say no. So, like, it's just barely above the surface so somebody can grab it. Like my arms right. are still on, on, You're holding under, it from underwater. the bottom and sticking it out, but yeah, not your exactly, hands. Yeah, exactly, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so Sudi's holding onto the mask. Masika of the Beckon. I will need a fortitude save. Masika rolls a 16 for a 28. A 28? Very mm -hmm. well. Masika's also going to run and jump in the water. You have a sudden hankering for Heron and a greater degree of, uh, of desire to bathe yourself on the side of a riverbank. I imagine that's always there to a small degree. Hmm. Just sounds like it'd be pleasant. You turn into a crocodile. However, you do not turn into a crocodile. <laughs> hey! I don't want to be a crocodile, but it would be pretty fun. So instead of uh, you rush forward, leap, unlike Sudi's basic uh, like borderline cannonball into the water to fall prone, <laughs> you you dive forward and gracefully slide under the water with not enough of a splash to fill a teacup. Oh. To be fair, oh. Su Sudi only kind of knows how to swim. She's so short. I imagine she just sits cross-legged at the bottom of the pool, like. So he just looks back at her like, like with this like pleading eyes of like, what do we do now, magic person? <laughs> Does this gas seem to be affecting Narmer? No. However, Stinger Jr. is a <gasps> living creature. <laughs> oh no! Is he gonna be a little crocodile? Is Stinger gonna turn into a crocodile? <laughs> okay, that's pretty dang cute. It's horrible. I want to be a go crocodile. From Stinger to Chomper. <laughs> to Chomper Jr. Poor Chomper Jr. I don't know why he's a junior. <laughs> There's no way a scorpion is making this fortitude save. No. Oh my god, oh he's going to be so much cuter. I this love is a horrible. Let me check here. Technically, he's going to be Stinger. a heck of a lot smarter Ooh. because he's not going to fail. The, he's not going to make the will yeah, save to remember a he's a flipping scorpion either. I hope Stinger has appreciated what Narmer has done for him. Otherwise, <laughs> he is totally going to eat him. Well, he's going to try. <laughs> oh my god, he's so cute. I'm so excited about it. We're going to have to update Narmer's art and everything. <laughs> so... Nah, this functions as Belful Polymorph. Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's nothing stopping that from affecting a vermin. Does it affect the beetle, too? Oh, yeah, Scaraby. Oh, well, the beetle dies. Oh, the beetle also day, automatically dies and reincarnates every single day. So So it might be an, a, a little caiman for the rest of this afternoon. <laughs> <but> <laughs> two little crocodiles going at it inside of Narmer. I, I oh, my gosh. <laughs> It depends on if it turns them into baby Hello. crocodiles or full-size crocodiles. So, while it has no effect on Narmer, uh, for <laughs> Citra and Hollis, who are still above the surface, Narmer looks over and is like, Oh, wow. Or this is kind of... Wait, wait. Oh, oh, God. 
At which point his little chest thing burst open as two crocodiles fly out of his chest cavity. I was just like, uh oh. Are they full size? Uh, no, they're baby crocodiles, so they're they're tiny. Oh my god! As they burst out like chest burster style, flying through the air. Go into the water and start nibbling on Masika and Sui. Oh my god! Oh my goodness gracious! Huh. Okay, that mist does not do what I expected it to do. Oh man, the radiation finally did something. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Narver, oh, does Narver have actions? Technically speaking, yes. Can he fly over, grab the crown, and start to ferry it towards Hollis, who does not have water breathing and is really going to need to get in one of these flipping ponds? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I should probably do that. <laughs> I do really right, want right to be there. an alligator, uh, but... Chopper. <laughs> St- I know, I'll just keep calling you Stinger. It'll just make no shinch. The other Even one can flies be forth. Chopper. <laughs> Stinger and Scary. Scary is actually a pretty good name for an alligator. Uh, anyway. <laughs> He then soars his way forward. Oh my god, I love it so much. Citra Nahamra. Well, now you know what the mist does. That's going to turn you into a crocodile. It is inches away from you as you're recovering from this, as you suddenly see, like, two little crocodiles burst forth and go skittering off across the ground. Oh, Cyrus. Well, I don't want to, like, because my my instinct, I think, as Citra would be to run to the pool behind me, but I don't know if we want to split the party. I mean, I'm well, not, I mean, it's Narver just can the bring mist. you the helmet, though. I'm <laughs> running over there. I don't know where you're going. You're going to have to make a fortitude save if you get into this mist. And then you have to make a will save if you fail the fortitude save to remember you're a person and not think yeah. you're a crocodile. And it's well, going to be hard to disable traps if you're a crocodile. Uh, Citra is going to turn to Hollis and just be like, run for that one. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Citra is going to take off and go toward the pool Whee. that is sitting right in the center of this chamber, away from the baleful fog. So it is 30 feet to get into that pool. That means yep. this fog is magical. Yeah, you can uh, free action lay down in the pool if you so wish. Yep, that, that's what I'm going to do. You have a standard action remaining. I'm going to stay in the water. Okay. Citra runs back, splashes into the water. Bring us to Hollis Starkweather. Okay. Uh, definitely going to run into the water. But first, um, this seems like magic. I, t- I watched it turn things into crocodiles. Can I toss a dispel magic greater on it? Yeah, if you want to attempt to target dispel it. Oh, okay. Then I will do greater anyway because I don't want to fail. If it's possible to dispel, I want to make sure it, it dispels. Okay. So you turn, chant, and tone. It just out with a hand. D20 plus cluster level, I roll a 17 on the die, baby. It's a good roll. It is a good roll. A 32. You turn, chant, and tone, gesture up a hand, and the mist dissipates. Yay, I did it. (laughs) Uh, I walk over to the pool and I give everybody a thumbs up. I do the same thing for Citra. (laughs) Are those pillars still glowing bright red behind us? Yes, you only dispel, dispel that one aspect of it. Masika, you surface. Narmer's now wearing the helmet. Narmer. <laughs> yes. You you don't need that. But it could shrink to reform my tiny head. <laughs> I like that you got crocodiles. Oh, now. scary, scary and Stinger Junior. They're probably yeah. just swimming. They're pretty. Yeah, cute. they just kind of splash down into the water. Look around. Okay. Um. Well. So that's a that's, problem, but uh. That's interesting. Um. They won't fit in my chest cavity anymore. Oh. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Rocky's fine. I don't think Rocky can turn into anything. 
That is true. Much like me, he is impervious. Well, how the heck am I going to carry around two baby crocodiles? Hollis just reached down and grabs one and holds it in her hand. I guess <laughs> I Just hold this. it by the tail. Just like <laughs> no, <swing> I'm <laughs> holding its little body. Like my, my hand is wrapped around like between its little legs. Like its front back. Like how back big legs. is a baby crocodile? Now I'm just curious. Well, I've seen Clarissa explains it all, okay? And those... There's your 90s hey, reference. What? And in Clarissa Explains It All, she gets a little baby crocodile or alligator or something that lives in a pool in her bedroom. Um, yeah, they're 7 to 10 inches, apparently, according to uh, Google. I still think they would have sprung out of a They would have probably cavity. still chestbursted their way out of, of uh, Narmer. So. <laughs> all, right, all right, Narmer. Um, which one's which? Um, I'm going to shade the one that is kind of gr- a little bit darker green. Is scary because scary was kind of a darker green. And the other one, it's a little bit like lighter green on the back, but with like darker, darker legs is probably Stinger. Okay, well, I will carry one of them. I, I think uh, the baby crocodiles would probably be happier in the water. We're going to leave them here to starve? No, we're not going to leave them here permanently, but while we're exploring, they'd probably want to stay wet. But then we have to get back through those bars to get back in here. Well, only one of us, because they're, they're babies. You could just send one person in, grab them, and then we could go. I love that we're at the we're at the level where we're just like, oh, a couple of baby crocodiles. Yeah, that's no big deal. Don't worry about those. There's a soft fingers. cluck cluck that comes from uh, Hulse's yep. satchel, which is just sugar going. It's gonna be way harder to eat that scorpion now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, the scorpion's well, odds of survival have just gone way up. Sure. Um, I'm gonna take a guess here and assume that Scary is just going to die and then come back as a scarab again tomorrow. Either that or he's going to be an eternal baby crocodile, oh which God. is so cute. Weird. Which should be pretty cool. Alright, so I'm going to have to get a fishbowl. Oh, I got it! I'm digging my pack and I pull out my mess kit. I have a pot in here. <laughs> <laughs> is that pot big enough sure. for a baby crocodile? Put one in there, I don't know. It's probably big enough for two baby crocodiles. I guess we'll put the pot full of water just outside of these bars yeah. and I leave the baby just crocodiles. Leave them in the boat with the Thanadamons. Yes. Like, ah. Watch these Thanadamons, uh, Stinger and all right, so scary. I, I guess give Hall take the crown from Narmer and give it to Hollis because <laughs> she doesn't have water breathing, so she needs the crown. All right, all right. Sorry, does Hollis have a uh, magic item that takes up her head slot? No, I just have my hat, <laughs> my actual hat. I sadly put my hat in my bag of holding and I put on the, the not my hat. Um, okay. And then we'll get the pot of water and put it on one of the boats and just tell the demons not to ask questions, I guess. They probably were watching all this through the bars <laughs> like, mortals are dumb. And then um, <laughs> they were probably like, this is the most entertainment we've had in centuries. As far as getting back through the bars are concerned, uh, if you're using the bag and... Narmer. Narmer thing, then there shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Um, assuming that Masika is also doing that, because if Masika yeah. attempts to slide between those, it's Deeper. a potential... Uh, well, my uh, my vest is burn. worn out anyway, so I only had uh, that the once per day, so I'd have to get in the bag to get back up. God, there's so many cool things with this trap. Anyway, really, if <laughs> you're that, trying to escape this room between those bars, it's where it gets really fun. Is that so that, like, if you try to run out of here, you just... Burn, burn and it also probably keeps the gas from spreading past it I'm does guessing. Yeah, there's a part of me that was... really loved the idea of us all being crocodiles for an episode <laughs> I mean we had joked about that in the in the beginning so there was a very real possibility it could have happened <laughs> uh, what is Hollis's fortitude save 
Uh, I have a 10. So you would have needed to roll a 17 to save. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a good thing that Hollis didn't put that on the statue. (laughs) I only have a 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that uh, that safety C. I think, um, what's Masika's out of curiosity? A 12. Yeah, so Masika, because yeah, actually I think Masika nailed that on the nose because I think the DC is 27, so I think that's what Masika I made a 28, I think. Just barely yeah. over. I, say, I have so a 20, cute. so that was, I had a good chance of yeah, saving there, so. We could have been crocodiles. I'm curious how many entire adventure paths end in this room. Right here, Norma yeah. With everyone. He's smart enough to use things on us, though, so at least there's that, I guess. Like That is true. He would have put all of you in a pot and flown you to safety. <laughs> <laughs> And then gotten back, it's like, I don't know which one of these shicks, Shevin, because also sugar, are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It'd be like, okay, so four of these are people and three of these are animals or animal companions. <laughs> we don't really know. Just change them all back, please. You come back and you have one day to clear this entire place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling how long it would sleep. take him to fly all the way to Sotha's. Yeah, That's but he true. gets sidetracked. <laughs> he has a 50-foot fly speed and he could quadruple move every round because and he doesn't have to rest so mm. it'd still take him a while but he could get somewhere yep <laughs> back to Sothis um, where our friends live not Sothis um Wati Wati yeah Tatmanim's like oh it's that timeline <laughs> it's, <I> just, <laughs> this uh this mechanical catfish shows up with a pot of like baby Crocodile. crocodiles and Septi's like what some of which <laughs> know who they are and some of which don't he figures out which one's Masika, and it's just flying around like a like a mama crocodile holding Masika in his mouth. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what could have been? What could have been? Oh well. But now we do have a pot of water with two others and uh, Jesus. Okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, with uh, with some effort, you can uh, make your way yeah. back out the other side and uh, onto the platform outside. Now with a uh, Hollis wearing a really awesome sounding. Uh, it's really cool, action. but it's not my hat, which makes Hollis a little sad. <laughs> well, you can put your hat back on once we're out of the water temple. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do. The Thana Damon's just hang out there, as we have established previously, apparently smoking camels. <laughs> um, Masika puts the pot with the two baby crocodiles in the bottom of one of the boats. That will be 50 gold pieces. Nope, they were already with us. Mm. Just the weight they... allowance has changed. That would I'll, be five gold pieces. Okay, I'll give you five gold no, pieces. No, no, because just because they've been transformed doesn't mean anything. You did not establish that from the beginning. How do I know that these were the same animals? No. <laughs> <laughs> we look at him like, do you want to go? Do you want to go, buddy? Do you want to go? <laughs> we, have, we have just had a, a, a traumatic time. Two of our side characters have just been transfigured. Adorably turned into an even cuter thing than they were before, for sure. I mean, let's be honest. We could probably put them in the water and they would just follow us. I don't know. Nah, <laughs> they're well, probably to herself while, like, Stinger Jr. is now gently nibbling on her finger. Mm-hmm. Little crocodile buddy. So I cute. do like All crocodiles. Right. Uh, we have the two turns. We have... We can go to the left or the right. I say we take care of the corner one. Like, get the, the furthest yeah. one knocked out and then we can come back. And then come, come back. back for Sounds the good. one yeah. that we saw as we were coming into this area. Yeah. So the Western Passage past the uh, entrance into the Hall of the Crocodile Kings? Yes. 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 Hollis will feed a trail ration to the baby crocodiles. Okay. Like, just the meat part. Yeah. Just the jerky. Yeah, you hop on the uh, the pair, the two boats. Delightful. The gondoliers give you a nod, make their way to the back. Hollis uh, sits down and 
I suppose is tossing. Uh, actually, I suppose Hollison sits down with Masika on the same boat, and then. Uh, yep, because I love these crocodiles now. I'm very into it. Sugar's just sitting there, like you know what? Hmm. Those would make a fine pair of boots. They gotta be bigger. That's give terrible. it time. Mm, mm, I'll beat him. <laughs> Sudi so, so just leans over to Citra as I guess they set off, and he just goes, "So that part maybe we don't include in the bat in the epic bar tale of our adventure, right?" Why turning things into baby crocodiles is amazing. No, the part where we we were hiding under the water. Why? It's a smart move. We stood move. valiantly, and then Hollis cast a spell. It sounds a lot better than three of us hid in the water like cowards, and Hollis cast a spell. We got out of her way is what we did. Mm. As a fun side note, I'm sure one of you would eventually get tired because that uh, gas trap lasts for an hour. She's <laughs> been a little bored. But oh, I'd have been fine. <laughs> you load up onto the boat, make your way. The two Thanodamons paddle you further away down the western passage, the one that makes its way past the Hull of the Crocodile Kings. The heat still radiating off of these pillars as you make your way past would have burned the crap out of you. I mean, if it, you get turned into a baby crocodile, couldn't you have just, like, slipped out of the bars? If yeah. you remembered who you were. If you remembered who you were, you could keep fleeing and just slip out between the bars and hope for the best in the rest of this dungeon. Or I suppose flee off into the desert if you really wanted to and enjoy your life as a <laughs> crocodile who doesn't care about the mummy king of Osirian. Yeah, how's that going to affect me as a crocodile now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Hockatep's reign doesn't do much to affect the crocodile demographic. So is this the portal's... Something, something. No. If you want the twin portals, we can take you the other way. Well, what's this? Just a dead end. Well, I want to see a dead end. What's at the dead end? Just a statue. Statue of what? Much as the previous statue that you'd seen. The one that moves? Yes, the hippo-headed statue. Cool, let's play with it. The passage continues ahead before bending back to the right. And at the end of this passage, you can see it continues for only a distance of some 40 feet before ending in a statue. An imposing statue stands in the niche at the end of this canal. The statue is made of metal turned green and depicts a hippo-headed humanoid clad in armor and bearing a wicked spear. The statue's gaping mouth is lined with rows of shark's teeth. There is, however, a noted difference. Hmm. This one tries to murder us. First off, the other statue was large enough that Citra had to literally climb up it to see into its mouth. It was about 15 feet high. This one appears to be about seven and a half feet tall. Okay. Okay. Literally half the height of the previous one. Uh, anyone that wishes to may also make me an intelligence roll. I will do it. They're probably in the same pose because they're connected or something. I rolled a 16 for a 24. I rolled an 18 for an 18. Masika rolls a 12 for a 13. Uh, uh, Citra rolled an 18 for a 21. Nice. Hollis, you're the one that this would occur to first. Um, the other statue had been standing, brandishing its spear aggressively in its right hand while looking downwards. This one, however, holds its spear straight up in its right hand with the bottom shaft on the floor of the platform, and its head is staring up towards the ceiling. Other than that, they appear to be, other than that and their size, they appear to be identical. I wonder if this is a hint of what you should pose the other one as. Well, this one moves too. If you want to hop off the platform or hop off and onto the platform, yeah, you can let's look hop over. off. Let's, well, not all of us can even hop off of this one. It's so small, but. You can squeeze onto the platform. There's okay. enough room. The platform is much smaller. I mean, Masika's going to stay on the boat. Like, it's not clockwork, and this isn't exactly her, you know, thing. You also got to guard those crocodiles that keep trying to make a bid for freedom. 
I'll protect them forever. <laughs> or as long as they live. It's actually, I think, for crocodiles, it's a really long time. And they're going to get really big. It's true. Oh, I could ride them. Oh, oh my gosh. You don't need a boat. You have a crocodile. Think how cool that would be. Well, Citra would like to take a very close look at this and see if it's uh, faux trapped like the other one. Uh, you may make a perception roll to search it if you so wish. Masika ponders how the f- she's going to explain to her husband that now we have a pet alligator. Don't ask it. Two rumors when she gets home. <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> uh, am I adding my trap finding to this? Uh, I believe your bonus is a plus seven. Yes. I'll add it if need be. Then I rolled a 14 for a 33. Nice. Mm. Looking this over, which is somewhat easier because, again, it's half the size of the other one. It is trapped. In fact, there appears to be a gemstone of some form, its exact type you cannot determine, located in the back of the throat of the statue's head. Is it a real trap or is it a fake trap? I mean, as far as Citra's aware, it's a real trap. Hollis will do the same detect magic trick she did last night. Sudi, like, lifts Hollis up on his shoulders so that she can get a good eye into there. (laughs) Okay. I love the five and a half foot tall cat folk, like, hop up on my shoulders, six foot tall elf. (laughs) It's six two. It's true. Uh, you may go ahead and make me a spellcraft if you so wish. Okay, so that's a 13 for a 39. There is magic here. Mm. Uh, the gemstone located in the back of this throat is uh, warded by a phantom trap. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's got another one of them phantom Interesting. traps. Interesting. Okay. So just going to take the gem. This one's actually trapped behind it's the phantom trap. It's weird that they have posability, though. Well, let's pose it like the other one, maybe. See what it does. Yeah. You can reach your hand back there uh, easier than the other one since the head is twi- is half the size and retrieve from it the gemstone. Of course, since you're using dart vision, you can't determine what type of gemstone this is, but it is a gemstone. Anybody want to cast a light spell? Cough, cough, magic people. I don't have light prepared. Doesn't Sudi have an ever-burning torch? Yep. Uh, it appears to be a sapphire. Hmm. Okay. Nice. Hmm. All right. Uh, the sapphire is identical to the other one that you'd retrieved. They probably connect. We probably shouldn't have taken the other one and you do something. You maybe you should uh, see if it's magical. I think we did this last time. We looked yeah, they're in the not, they're not magical. Weird. I would like to position this figure the same as the last one. Okay. Just to see if it does anything. I mean, if it does anything, it probably controls somewhere, something somewhere else in the place because moving around the other one never showed anything. Yeah, but this place is full of water, so we might hear it. Well, and I'm just saying the weirdness, the weirdness here is that's two dead ends that were intentionally created and, you know, put with water and all this stuff to lead you to these statues. There's got to be a purpose. Like, otherwise, this is just really weird. Hmm. Go ahead and give me a perception roll for the party. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm more afraid that messing with these is doing something bad somewhere else. I rolled Maybe. a seven for a 22. I rolled a six for a 31. Yikes. Masika rolls a 16, uh, which gets her a 23. Uh, Citra rolled a 15 for a 34. So leaping up, you can struggle with this for some time. It is a DC 20 strength check to move any of these limbs because they have not been moved or oiled in a very long time. I probably then like glance over at Sudi and I'm like, I need you to do this. (laughs) Sudi does that like thing where he like intertwines his fingers and pops his uh, knuckles. I'm on it. And just jumps up and just like starts yanking on it. Yes. <laughs> Uses his natural climb speed to hop onto this thing like a spider monkey and then like he grabs it, it and then Citra just grabs him and pulls. I'm basically I'm basically <laughs> <Yes>. like, yeah. Like <laughs> trying to just tag team this to pull it all into place. After a while you have uh, another statue brandishing its spear aggressively in the right hand while looking downwards. Do we 
hear anything? Nope. Well, it was worth a shot, but I yeah, don't think anything right. changed. Well, I guess we shall carry on and uh, puzzle about this for the rest of our days. Back on the boat, we all go. Back on the boat and uh, back through the waterways to the portal. Mm-hmm. You make your way back. Navigate your way back past the uh, Hall of the Crocodile Kings. The pillar is blocking the entrance to it, still blazing hot, before taking the path that you did not take before past the statue, uh, the stone statue, in the opposite direction of the other bronze statue, and I suppose turn right. Yep. Mm -hmm. The two boats gently skim through the water, the waves lapping up against the, the sides of the hull here. A long corridor that stretches for a distance of, you'd say, some maybe 80 feet or so before making its way with a sharp right-hand turn back to the south. I'm just imagining Narmer, like, singing the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> the Phantom of the Opera is there inside your mind. Anyway. <laughs> Delightful. Angel of music. Anyway. <laughs> I'm really getting Rachel with that one. I love Phantom of the Opera, but the idea of Narmer doing it is just hilarious. You look over, he's wearing the little, like, half mask. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when is Narmer's uh, album coming out? Oh of all God. his covers. <laughs> I've renamed Dish One Alligator Christine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm really it's tempted to... <laughs> I'm really tempted to write one of Masika's share memories from Narmer's point of view and just make Rick read it. I mean, it's like, it I wrote it. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the story. Have fun. Ad lib. Anyway. <laughs> the passage continues before making its way south again. And as you run round the bend, you can see that there are two platforms. Oh, portals as in doors. That's not mm. as fun as I thought it was going to be. Off towards the right-hand side, you can see that there are two open doorways leading into a chamber beyond. The floor of these is made up of some form of red stone, almost as if somewhat akin to the Crypt of Fire, that there had been a stone or a statue or a block of some form that had slid down into the ground. Ah. Like the sapphires we have? No, no, no. Well, oh, maybe that, but also well, like- Well, they made remember... them so they look down. I did, Ooh, yeah. Maybe. Mm. But also that might be the, like, the same stone that like we were trying so hard to like lower down to get into the final room. Maybe we need the, to make them no, the I think it's area. I think it's there are two doors and you had to make the action figures both look down and then the Which door I opened. Which I did anyway. So. Oh, well that maybe. all worked up. Hey, were those doors always open? Nope. That's all he says. You are so informative and such a wonderful tour guide. I've never been here before. <laughs> well, then really? how did you know how to answer the question? And also, where well, this I mean, was. I've never been on the other side of those doors. I don't know what's in there. You want to come with us? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not invite potential enemies. He's, he's in like, there the with last us. time people went through a, a doorway or whatever, two came out as crocodiles. I don't think <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. With he's us. like, no. Nah, in my man. experience, every room of this place is a death trap. Hmm. There's a Good really twisted know. mind whoever designed this. Yeah, you're not wrong. That was my uncle. Well, great, 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 great. With yeah, a lot of insert, greats. Insert a lot of greats in front of that, but yes. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I meant Mike Shell. <laughs> <laughs> the Damons are fourth wall no. breaking. They, them and Narmer can hang out. All right. I guess we're going to go in this room. 
Um, Hollis. Hmm? Call me paranoid, but maybe put one of the movable rods there just in case that's going to close and trap us inside. Okay. I put an immovable rod in the center of one of the doorways. Yeah, again, that's probably me just being super duper paranoid, but... Well, you just beat me to it because I was already going to ask. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that validation to make me think I have not completely lost my mind. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was just waiting until we got off the boat. <laughs> Stepping forward, you can see that uh, through the open archway is a square room filled with murky blue-green water that gives off a pungent salty smell. Not the clean smell of the other water that you've seen, but this stagnant salt water almost salt marsh smell. Oh, great. I hope everybody wanted to exfoliate. <laughs> Do you make your way in? Yeah. I can totally see Citra actually saying that, too, because we talked about you having your beauty kit. <laughs> I have my pumice stone and everything, yeah. you know? I love it. Stepping forward, you enter into a chamber some 20 feet by 20 feet or so. The ceiling in here is about 10 feet high, Although the water ahead of you drops down, like you're at the top of a square silo. The water looks to be at least 20 feet deep. Ahead of you, you can see a part of an archway sticking only about three inches above the water's surface, the rest of it being fully submerged. Uh, squinting into the water for any of you uh, may make a perception check. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was a I rolled good a three roll. for an 18. Uh, I have rolled an 18 for a 41. Brava. Wait, 43. Masika gets an eight for a 15. Uh, Citra rolled a 19 for a 38. More if it's trappy. Sudi, Citra, you can both tell that what you're seeing is not actually an archway. In essence, there is a 10 foot diameter circular opening cut into the wall on the opposite side of this chamber, with only the last few inches actually above the surface of the water, and making its way deeper, although where you can't tell through the brackish water. It's a sewer tube. Masika jumps in the water. Very well. Begins to make her way forward. There's only the one way. Are all the rest of you swimming? Well, I'll wait. Yes. Masika doesn't immediately turn into a crocodile. The, art, the opening's only a few inches. Swimming's the only way to do it. No, no, 100%. Sure. The swimming's the only <laughs> yep. way. Also, because there's no, like, platform or anything, so we have to it swim. So smells. I guess Sudi will take a deep old breath, dive yeah. on in, and then remember that he has water breathing turned on and just breathe normally. Okay, activate my helmet. It doesn't have, like, a like a times per day. or. Does it give you a swim score? Gives a 30-foot swim speed. Yep. There you go. Diving into the water, splashing beneath the surface. I suppose Masika, Citra, Sudi taking in a breath since you have your water breathing. Curiously, that brackish smell translates oddly to breathing this. Ew. The salt, the brackishness, all of it combines to give you the odd but distinct impression that you are breathing blood. Uh, uh, I will pick happy. it up here next time. But I've been happier not to out. be <laughs> breathing. <laughs> all right, no. now we're going to get some underwater action. Have you been waiting all episode to say that? Sure, some underwater action. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. 
Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.